Blog Talk Radio. Hello there. Did you know that May is American Stroke Month? Well, it is, and we here at RTU are asking you sometime during the month of May to go to strokeassociation.org and educate yourself. Why is American Stroke Month important? Well, did you know that every 40 seconds someone has a stroke? Did you know that one out of six people will suffer a stroke in his or her lifetime? Did you know that stroke is the leading cause of disability in the United States? Did you know it's the number five cause of death in the United States? We need to make more and more people aware that stroke threatens millions of American lives, young and old, male and female, from every background. And at the same time, stroke is largely preventable, treatable, and beatable. Every May, the American Heart Association with the American Stroke Association recognize American Stroke Month by rallying the nation around the cause because together we can end stroke. So go to strokeassociation.org and learn how to become what's called a stroke hero. Learn the signs. Learn how to recognize the signs. Learn how to be a prevention method yourself. You could be the difference between life and death, between full recovery and permanent disability. Go to strokeassociation.org and educate yourself about it. It's important, folks. It really is. Take a second and go do it. Okay, now time for Ready to Unload with Cal and Sam Pete. Good evening, ladies and gentlemen. <laughs> We're tonight's entertainment. Hold the phone. Hey, brother. <laughs> this is serious. Serious. We could make you delirious. Delirious. Just a bit outside. Just got to stop, man. We keep having the same conversation. Episode number 230. Hi. Welcome to the program. It is Thursday, May the 7th. It is 2015. It is 10 p.m. It is time for Ready to Unload with Count Sam Pete talking New York Sports Night. Coming to you live from Comac, New York, Bayside, New York, and Freehold, New Jersey. It's time for Ready to Unload with Count Sam Pete. We have got a ton tonight. A ton to talk about. And we're going to do it. We're just going to do this. Let's just do this. What are we even waiting for? I'm Sam Pete. Steve San Pietro, one of your hosts. Let's just do this. God. Let's just do it already. It's sports. It's no big deal. Listen, I have a, a glass of wine. I have a uh, nice cup of coffee. Nice. Cal, I can't wait to tell you about the coffee I'm drinking. I can't wait to tell the Bishop, Pop Culture PJ, Big Donut, about it either. I have a very special coffee story tonight. You guys are going to love it. Um, so we're going to talk about the Mets, the Yankees, the NFL Draft, the Jets, the DH rule, Deflategate. We have so much. The end of the Islanders, the Rangers on the brink, dogs and cats living together, mass hysteria. Hi, welcome to the show. This is what's called stretching. 
to the intro music ends at the same time as me. Hi, welcome to the program. Uh, as I said, I am Steve San Pietro, one of your hosts, aka Sam Pete, the other host of the program. Uh, it's time for him to to come in to to be Cal. jettisoned. That's the guy. It's still him. It's time for him to come in. He's uh, been my partner low these two hundred and thirty shows that we have done. We had a huge one last week, monstrous show last week. It feels like we haven't done this show in a while, but we did. Last week we did a huge show, huge, enormous. Uh, from Five Milestone for the NFL Draft with TurnOnTheJets.com. It was great. We had like 125 people come out. It was fantastic. Really, really great. Uh, but we're back to like just normal show, just calm, nice show, nice. We're going to do a show nice. Get yourself a cup of coffee and a schwiggle though. All right, here he is, the co-host. Long flowing robes. Splendid. The very regal. The very debonair. Mr. Brian Calneva Capino Caliente. Hi, Brian. Why, hello, Steve. Why, hello there. Shall I call you Mr. How are you? My nickel. I'm good, man. Yeah? uh, Why are you yelling? (laughs) Am I yelling? Well, the the music is so loud. But it's not over the air. It's just, oh, but I don't know that. In my ear, it's loud. It's loud in my ear. It's loud, right, in your ears. Is it supposed to be? Listen, Grandma, it's not loud out there, though. I, I don't understand. This <laughs> is too difficult to wrap your head around. Hey, listen, you look a little different tonight. Yeah, well, uh, I do. You look a little different. I do? Mm-hmm. What are you referring to? You look a little bit like me tonight. I look. But you didn't look like me last week. I didn't? Riddle me this. Go on. <laughs> Riddle me that. What's different about you from last week, Steve? I don't. I have no idea what you're alluding to. That's bogus. You know exactly what I'm alluding to. Happy birthday. Oh, right. My friend. Happy that. birthday, Sam Pete. Thank you. Thank you, sir. The, the Seaver. You celebrated a birthday in the uh, since the last time we spoke. That's correct. And are- I want to wish you a happy birthday. Thank you, brother. We are once again the same age. All is right with the world. Once again, for the next nine months. You're not robbing the podcast cradle anymore. It's a good thing. People were talking. People were talking about that young that young partner of yours. <laughs> talking about people. That's we. <laughs> that's where we had the buddy cop thing going. Like I was... Right. The, for like two months, I'm the young... Yeah, you're the hotshot rookie. I'm the hotshot rookie young gun partner. And I am the old grizzled veteran who just doesn't Correct. have time for this. You're the Glover. I'm the Riggs. Well... Uh, the, the, Glover and the, the Glover and the Gibson, or the Murtaugh and the Riggs. Murtaugh and the Riggs, my bad. <laughs> Murtaugh is to Riggs, you can't. as Glover is to blank. Hey, hey SAT season's <laughs> coming up. Brush up on the analogies. I think I'm more, I think it's more of an Eastwood to Sheen, if you catch my drift, in the rookie. Oh, I'm catching it. That's, that's the big disparity, because how, how much older is Murtaugh than Riggs? Riggs? Riggs, Riggs, Riggs. This, he's probably a good 15 years older. This What? Oh, I must, I insist now. We have to bring him in. You don't think, There's, really? No, he's like four years older than him. I know, that's crazy. Oh, it's ridiculous. Bring him in, because I didn't know he would be here tonight. I think he's working. Oh, okay, well. But, but he's here. Here he is. 
Just in time, too, because we have to settle this Riggs Murtaugh. Well, here, come, here comes the settler. Here comes... <laughs> on CBS. The settler. The settler. The settler. That's only if, you're, if your grandmother from Brooklyn is saying it. Right. Then it's the settler. The settler. Everybody else in America, it's the settler. There he is. Hi, Peach. It's all settled. <laughs> well, great. Hi. And, and Hi. episode. How are you, man? We haven't talked to you in eight weeks. The Riggs Murtaugh relationship in Are you, are you okay? Is, is, well, I just had a grilled cheese. Is, <laughs> yes, I, we, that's what it sounded like. That's what it sounded like. <laughs> I had grilled cheese voice. It's in flux because in the first movie, they made Riggs. Wait a minute. Which one is which? Murtaugh. Mel they made Murtaugh is, two. Riggs. They made uh, Murtaugh too old. Right. And they couldn't go back. And and then they back. No, they backpedal his age. Well, in real life, how far apart do we think Danny Glover and uh, Mel Gibson are? Five 20 years? years. No way. No I, I'm way. Gonna, I'm going to say 10. I'm going to say they're 20 years apart. If only we had a way to settle this dispute. I'm on it already. Give me <laughs> the, the settler. Two, Maybe something in the future will come along. Two <laughs> seconds. How do you spell Glover? <laughs> Traditional spelling. Like Corey. Thank you. You may come up with something for a living color right now. Well, you right. can tear a building down. Danny Glover born in 46. Yeah, Mel Gibson born in 52. Book it. Book it, Dano. Mel Gibson born in 56. Cow. 56, 10 years. You said 10. But but 10 years was not what they were playing on in that movie. She is. Oh, no. Cal just cheered himself, Peach. He just drank to himself. A glass of iced tea. (laughs) He just raised a huge, hearty glass of iced tea to himself. I love me. Who do you love? Don't break your own back. Yourself on the back there, big guy. Hey, PJ, are you older tonight? Because it feels like it's been a long time since we've spoken with you. It's been a while. I am, in the analogy of the Riggs to Murtaugh, I am the old retired cop that you guys go see for advice. No, 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 no. No, no, no. When you've hit a wall in the investigation... Oh right, you're you're the you guy we have to, to drive the old to the retired cop to the backwoods like you're living right. Yeah, right. You you you're living way out in the and country you're like, now. I have to ask you a question about a case, and I'm just like, I don't want to talk about police work no more. Not since my wife died. <laughs> you got a long beard. You're wearing a robe. The wife always dies. Like that I that character's her, that character's I'd never wife. Never do another case. And she always died like ten minutes after he retired. That's right. Like they had they had a whole thing planned, and That's then right. son of a bee sting if she didn't you know get rickets and that was it. Because wives are a misery, and Hollywood wants to teach you that early. <laughs> hey, yeah, the views of pop culture <laughs> music do not necessarily reflect the views of Cal and or Sampy. <laughs> and his affiliates. I say that. I send say that all, because she's, send very, all letters she's very close to me. Pop culture PJ, care of. <laughs> That's right. 
It's true, though. It's true. The guy hasn't even put on his gold watch yet, and the wife is dead. And they had this whole right. life planned together. He hasn't even wound the gold watch yet. He hasn't even set the proper time at his retirement party. She might as well get hit by a bus walking out of the Knights at Columbus Hall. That's always the way it works. This is all and I'm here to setting. tell you things like, did you go over the file? <laughs> you know... This sounds a lot like a case I had 20 years ago. I, I promised my wife. Damn it. I promised her I wouldn't get back involved. We need you, Murph. I it's feel be, like... be I Murph, feel, right? See, I feel like he Palmer. would just be... Or Palmer. He would be handling this by asking us questions <laughs> right. and waiting for us to figure out the answer. Right. That's right. <laughs> Palmer. Right. Palmer. This is I. If this I, uh, was I, my case, I'd be looking into the Kalamata files from '86. The Kalamata files, the olive files, yeah. the, olive, the olive files. Uh, the olive oil case. Yep. Remember in '86? I remember it. Genoa salami murders. <laughs> isn't that a, isn't that a, just an easy comedic tool to just think of the most ridiculous thing to tack on there, like the two things that just absolutely don't go like you just nailed it, the Genoa salami murders, that will never be in a show ever, that has no <laughs> chance of being on a procedural I don't and know. it's just magnificent you know <laughs> the ham gabagool murders yeah, I remember I remember those. Did you ever see the clip of Rickles when he walks out on the Tonight Show and uh, Frank Sinatra is the main guest and obviously it's unplanned. And all he does is he goes over to Frank and he starts whispering Italian names to him and like he's giving him a, a report. No. He just goes up to him. He's like, and it's just, they're ridiculous. He's like, Frank, I, I just came to tell you. Boom body, boom bazzo. <laughs> Got two in the head. <laughs> Right, he's like giving the the whole report of everything going on in the street. Yeah, right. with, with the most ridiculous uh, Italian-sounding syllables, just slamming them together, you know. Frankie Falange. Right. <laughs> Cargini, Regina, Pays, Cargini. Right, pays his respects. <laughs> and Sinatra is just, he's just, you know, laughing himself silly. He can't, he can't even react. That's so good. Body so boombots. <laughs> <laughs> Two in the head. Two in the head. The the toilet paper roll murders. Never gonna hear that. Right. Never no. gonna hear it. There's no chance at that. Um. I, by the way, we never. I'm in, did a, solve I'm in a dimly lit cabin. Stuff. I have one comfortable chair. Wait, no what? phone. I'm what? setting up my character. Oh, I'm sorry. We're still on Murph and Palmer. So this is Palmer. This is Palmer, right? Well, it's Murph and. Uh, He's not, pa- he's not Palmer Murphy? Palmer Murphy? No, his name is Murph Palmer. Oh. <laughs> Captain Murph Why Palmer. Not? Captain Murph Palmer. They're going to see Murph Captain Palmer. Captain Murph Palmer. Retired. Yeah. Retired. Nobody's talked to him in five years. Well, we're going to go see him tonight. Damn it, I'm too old for this job. You just said that like <laughs> eight minutes ago. We were getting a cup of coffee. Is my only and you were... You were talking about how that's that's the other thing. Like Murtaugh's too old for everything. Doesn't make a difference. That's everything. Right. Yeah, just you're watching a ball game. I'm too old for this. Sh- 
<laughs> yeah, well, we get it. You're too old. You can't possibly be too old to be making pasta. You can't. There's no... Are you pro-Lethal Weapon movies or con-Lethal Weapon movies? I would say the first two I am pro. Everything after that is uh, not so much. The next seven of them, not really. Yeah, and and I don't know if pro... Pro is a little strong. I think if I had to pick a favorite, it would be two. I think I like two better with with Pesci, because Pesci's... Pesci was in three... Yeah, but the first time Pesci's in it. No, right. And the South Africans are such great evil people. Not not evil. The opinions expressed by Sam Peter, not necessarily those are Cal and or pop culture PJ. I happen to like the South Africans. (laughs) I love, love the South Africans. I'm saying they're in that particular movie, they're a good villain that's not usually usually utilized. Yeah, and they they give Riggs some good backstory. Yeah, they're an underutilized... Uh, Fill it all in. Yeah, and you have that guy playing. Like, you know, the bad the the bad guy is fantastic. It's it's good. Patsy Kensett's uh, fantastic, and then she's gone. She's lovely to look at, though. You love all the lethal weapons. You're pro all I of like them. them all. I can't I even like them strongly. Them. I don't know if I'd say love. I like them strongly. Cal. Oh, I like them. You had to take the Lethal Weapons or the Diehards, PJ. Oh, not a comment. No, well, Steve, I know I know what you're going to say. Sorry. I jumped in there. <laughs> too excited. I'm, get, I'm getting too old for those sort of uh, questions. PJ, what do yeah. you take? The Diehards or the Lethal Weapons? I got to take one and swear off the other? You got to take one as a collection. So this oh, is not making boy. a mixtape. And then you, you have to take, take the whole up a thing. Then you have to take up a collection, right? Which is going to be difficult. And that one's going to fund mm. the next Die Hard. And I don't mean to put you on the spot. You can think about it if you'd like. Yeah, we could get no, back to no, this. No, no, no. I got it. No, I'm good. I'm good. All right, all right. Yeah, let's hear it. I think I end up taking Die Hard. I do. That's the right answer. That's the correct answer. Good job. Yeah. We, we award we award you fifty points, and uh, you can they're get strong, something. They're stronger movies. You can get something really nice at the RTU gift table, like a Chuck E. Cheese. I can you always got... do without Bonnie Bedelia. Well, what? That's a little. I'm a little upset by that. I don't think okay. I need Jeremy Irons in the muscle T-shirt. I think everybody needs Jeremy Irons in a muscle T-shirt. How do you like that? <laughs> Are you sure? Wait, have you seen that one lately? Simon says, pizza pie to pick a pair of pickles. Very good, Mr. McLean. Very good, Mr. McLean. And and the captain in that one is, I mean, there's there's central casting, and then there's the captain in Die Hard with a Vengeance. Yeah, yeah. <laughs> what with did you do? Wait, you, you're making me, I'm so exasperated. I'm completely <laughs> exasperated. <laughs> they said to grow this mustache and I would look like a cop. I'm so exasperated. Please. McLean, please. Please. And Samuel L. was not a cinematic force at that point. Yeah, he was. He was a force to be reckoned with? How is he? That's after Pulp Fiction, is it not? No. It's got to be around the same time. Maybe I would be around the same time. I would bet dollars to donuts it's around the same time. 
Hey, can you get away with just calling him Samuel? <laughs> I do. Yeah, I like to save time. I, I tell you what, I say Sam. I say Sam Jackson. Sam I Jackson? feel like that was still right before the Samuel L. Jackson New. tornado hit. <laughs> Negatory. <laughs> I would say, can I get you something else, Mr. Jackson? Uh, I I think you're wrong, frankly. No, it's a uh, year after. So that's it's a, what's a year after? Die Hard is Die a year Hard after with a Pulp Fiction. Is a year after Pulp Fiction. So he's huge. He was nominated for an Academy Award for Pulp Fiction. That was, was part. Of, that was that was when we went into the Samuel L. Can Do No Wrong decade. Yeah, that's okay. when it started. We're, we're already in. We're well in. The tornado is out there. And it will rain down on you with a great vengeance. Don't. don't. I won't. All right, we got to go talk about sports. Can you uh can you come back in a little while? Who me? Wow, he's, he's really taking time to think about. Well, it. no, I'm not leaving, PJ. So. <laughs> what I would like you to think about is how we My name is in the title. I have to stay. How we can do all SAT analogies at some point in the fun load. Riggs is to Murtaugh as Glover is to... Tie it all together. Please. another movie with Samuel L. coming out called Barely Lethal. Oh, boy. (laughs) Are we... And he plays a character named Hardman. Is this a is this a comedy? Okay, we heard you. (laughs) Got it. Thanks. (laughs) Say it again one more time. Hardman. In barely lethal. That looks like a big hit. Hey, uh, there is stuff I want to talk to you about in the fun load, Peach. Namely, uh, some trailers, some movies, summer movies coming out. Avengers is out, not not the Avengers, but Avengers, which is a whole different movie. Have you seen Avengers? Have you seen Avengers yet? Avengers. Yeah. Did you see? Did you Die Hard with the Avengers? Die Hard with the Avengers. All right. It's a good movie. All right. Um, we'll talk to you uh, shortly. We're gonna go talk about the sports type stuff. All right. If I had a sound cue, I'd hit it, but. Uh... But you don't, I don't uh, do you? Well, but it's I the thought that uh, matters. It's yeah, always. thanks. Thanks a ton. Thanks a ton. It's called stretching. Thanks. <laughs> thanks a pant load, Chet. Oh, that is nice! Okay, we're ready. I've been dying to play that Billy Ripken clip forever. From uh, remind me in the fun load to tell you guys about the coffee I'm drinking tonight. It is, it's going to set us off on a whole path. So remind me. Let's do that later. Yeah. Yeah. Let's later. Hey, sports! Holy cow! It feels sports. like it's been a really long time since you and I have talked about sports. In that interim. Well, uh, I mean. Well, we we did the draft show, but that was right. the draft show. There was nothing it was but just the draft. about draft. We yeah. didn't do the show the week before that, right? Been a while. It's been a while. The Islanders are out of the playoffs. Um, they lost a, a very difficult Game 7. We really didn't get to sort of post-mortem uh, the Islanders' season. 
So I'm wondering if you want to take a few minutes at the top and do that or talk Mets, Yankees, NFL draft, and then do it at the end. Yeah, I feel like I would rather uh, save that if there's time because, quite quite honestly, I have um, – I've tried to distance myself from it. I've had to, too. I mean, that was one of the... And, and I'm not even exaggerating. Yeah. Hey, hey, you know what? Let's just do it. Let's just do it now and get it over with. Okay. And, and just for, like, like wrap it up right I, now. I have us at 10.24 p.m. Let's finish it in, you know, a few minutes. Let's put a cap on it. Yeah. Four and a half minutes. Let's go. Let me just say where I am. Well, you and, right, I can see you. You're <laughs> right there. Yes, I'm in Bayside. You and I have not discussed... Really, the Islanders in a good solid week. I mean, we haven't really talked about. It. You sent me the picture of the ice being destroyed at the Coliseum. We sent a couple of tidbits after the series about you know Hamannick and his uh, Travis Hamannick's injury, um, but we really haven't talked about it. And I have to say, on my end, it's because I have not been able to. So, like literally, like I had to basically 24-hour morning period, and then get right into the NFL draft and, like, forget about it. Right. So I'm revisiting it a bit now. Uh-huh. And I'd, I'd like to do so with you. And I do want to say one thing. I don't think during this series I realized how big... Now, now watching the Capitals against the Rangers... So this is hindsight then, right? Correct how important Travis Hamannick would have been to that series. You didn't realize that while you were watching the series? While it was going on, I don't think I had the proper level of import on it. No. Really? No. Oh, that's, that's... Okay. No, because I... I felt like they were in it, and they and they you know they went to a game seven. Look, if you look at the numbers in the series, they lost sixteen goals to fifteen goals over seven games. I mean, they lost by a goal. They lost by a goal in game seven. They lost by a goal in the series. They lost four games to three. Like you could not have been more evenly matched. It was a weird series in that the Islanders dominated a lot of time, and the Capitals dominated a lot of time. So it wasn't like it was seven even games. But they didn't win. The The big difference was the Isles didn't win the game they dominated. The game they completely dominated, game four. Well, they, game one. No, but I'm saying they lost the game they dominated. That's what I meant. Right. Right. And the Capitals won the game they dominated in game seven. Well, they also dominated game five. Yeah, but there was but but in game 7 the Islanders goalie was standing on his head and it was a one goal game and it was there for the taking right. for the yeah, Islanders that wasn't, it was 1-1 with 7 minutes left. That game should easily have been like 4-1. Yeah, or and the Islanders could have won that game. They could have. Just like game 4, the Capitals wound up winning the game that their goaltender stole. The right. Islanders didn't. That was a yeah, well, that's yeah. But I, I mean, just just to go back to Hammond account, I just didn't it didn't I'm watching the caps against the Rangers and I'm like, oh man. Yeah. Like everything else I'm not saying it's the reason they lost the series. They lost the series. You have to play with the injuries that you have. But but what happened was I feel like Johnny Boychuk and Nick Letty had to do way more than they were capable of. All those you know, that eight extra minutes each guy of intense play against Ovechkin and Backstrom in the best line. 
took its toll. You know, we both agreed that we didn't think Nick Letty had a good series. Um, I think a big part of that was having to do more than he's supposed to do. You know, having to be more defensive responsible, defensively responsible than he normally is. So I, I don't want to get into the ins and outs. Where are you right now with it? Where are you? Um, I had a weird experience with it because Out of I body. Had, uh, it felt it at times. <laughs> Paranormal. Well, I'll, I'll I'll give you I'll give you a postscript to it after I tell you how it went for me. Um, I kind of had my moment after game four. Game four. That was yes. the one that the Islanders dominated. They should have won. They wound up losing, and it tied the series at two. Lost 2-1 in overtime on two seeing-eye goals from the point. Really, right. you know, lucky goals. They completely dominated. They should have won that game 4-1. to one. Right. So that was – so I I had the game seven feeling after game four. Right. Which was strange. Like, like angry, devastated, completely upset, totally irrational. The series was over at 2-2. Two, two right. Me. Right. Um. To the point where I was surprised they won another game. Right. I wasn't surprised that they lost. I hoped like hell that they wouldn't, and I rooted as hard as I possibly could but that for them was to win, but I, had, I didn't believe that they could win that series after that. So I had a couple of extra games... You did, yeah. ...to sort of prepare for the finality of it. Right. Whereas um, I... I, I it, it never occurred to me that they might lose that series and that the season was going to be over until, literally until Monday night with like five seconds left right. in the game. Right. And I, I was watching it by myself and I was literally like, holy, you know, it's That's over. I can't believe it. I, I, even to the end, Cal, when they had the power play at the end, I'm like, they're going to tie it. They're going to find a way to tie it. They're going to yeah, find a way and- to tie this game. And the way that I looked at it was this is this couldn't be a more fitting cap to the way that the season ends right. by giving them the only power play of Game 7 with two minutes left. Right. And I knew, if they, like, I, I don't believe they're going to score on this power play. But if they do, then it was all meant to happen. Right. I don't believe they're going to. They didn't. Um, but here's what, what I didn't realize which I kind of realized in the moment, was what it did to me physically. Yeah. It took a toll. It took a toll to the point where <laughs> I was... I had said to my wife last week, my wife, a couple my weeks wife. ago, or whenever it was, Alkerman. I had said to her, um, I wasn't feeling good. Right. I had this pain in my chest, and I was having, like, trouble breathing for a couple of days. No, seriously. I know. This is really happening. And I couldn't figure out what it was. And in the back of my head, I'm thinking, am am I really allowing this freaking playoff series to to make me physically sick? Right. And wouldn't you know it, the series ended on Monday, and by the end of last week, I had felt a lot better. Right. It's either a coincidence or it really, like, this was, and we talked about this, so many times all year how intense this season really became yeah it did it you know, did with, with every with everything going on with the coliseum and the last year in, in, on long island and the fact that they jumped out to this huge 
start, and not even, not even just a start, three quarters of the season. Yeah, 60 games. I mean, it they, was, you know. They were one of the best teams. They were a point or two away from having the best record in hockey. Yeah. For three quarters of the season. Yep. You know, and it was all building towards the playoffs. And then they come out and they win game one in the playoffs. Yep. Nobody's really expecting Washington to, to do what they did. Right. Which I which I I believe and, and we see Washington up three one on the Rangers now. I believe that when the Islanders went up three one in game two, they they kicked it into a different gear and they became a, a completely different team, Washington, at that moment. Yep. And have been that way ever since. Haven't lost at home since. Haven't lost at home since. Haven't lost back to back games. Yep. It just it, it, it was just a, it was just a strange And they also look it took a physical toll on me. I wasn't sleeping. I, I mean, really, it, uh, I said it a bunch of times to um, to Teresa too, where I said, "I'm I don't know if I'm I'm not in game shape. Like I'm not in playoff game shape. Where like these games are taking a toll on me." Well, we we don't we don't see this very often. We hadn't seen it in a while, right, or on a consistent basis. But the, you know, the Capitals to their end. Like, I don't want to get into a huge analysis of the series. You and I have talked about it a ton. We've talked about it with my brother Scott, the Islander fan. Um, you know, the Capitals had a game plan and they executed it to perfection. You know, they had a game plan for the series and they had a game plan for each game. And part of their game plan was to take out the Islanders' defensemen. The Islanders came into the series down their arguably their best defensemen, and they took out two more. Um, and they targeted Lubomir Vesnovsky's head, and you know everybody knows it. I mean, it's not a secret. They had a game plan. They said it. Yeah, I mean, they had a game plan and they executed it. They they targeted a guy like Calvin DeHaan's shoulder, you know, uh, who's had you know five shoulder surgeries. So, um, but credit to them, as much as I despise them. Of course, I'm now rooting for them holding my nose um, for having a game plan and executing it and also getting over the hump. That's why I told Ranger fans, my Ranger fan friends, who I heard a lot of back for the Capitals, but also, well, we're not the Islanders. We'll win in five. I heard a lot of five and a lot of six. I didn't hear a lot of respect. I got to be honest. I didn't hear a lot of respect for the Islanders. I, well, heard, I, didn't, hear, I, I didn't hear a lot of respect for the, uh, for the Capitals either. Oh, okay. No, my, my guys did. Yeah, my guys. My guys said, you know, it's going to be a tough series, but we'll win in five. You know, but there'll be hard-fought games. You know, that was kind of the thing. Um, now that they're down three-one, now I'm hearing from Ranger fan, uh, Ranger fans. Oh, I can't believe we didn't get to play the Islanders. We would have destroyed them. Really? <laughs> you would have. What? Why is that exactly? Well, the, the Islanders didn't even put up a fight. And this is, Cal, I heard this from three people, not just one. Three separate people. And the Islanders didn't even put up a fight against the Capitals. Really? Uh, oh, is that is that what you call a game seven? <laughs> and the series decided by one goal? All of it? Yeah, whatever. But I, I, I said to Ranger fans at the time, they they got over a hump. They won a game seven. That was huge for them to win a game seven. The Capitals. Yes. Yes. It was a huge jumping off point for them. And they came out in game one against the Rangers, you know, possessed. Absolutely yep. possessed. So we're going to have plenty of time to talk about the Islanders and the off season and what's to come. I just wanted to 
kind of wrap it up um, by checking in with you emotionally <laughs> and physically. Yeah, well, what it, the other thing that it did is I I have to be honest, I have not watched any hockey. I've watched some of the Ranger Capital Series, but I, I, I didn't watch any of Game 1 or 2. Yeah, I, I just couldn't. I just couldn't. I haven't I haven't done it. I've just I've kind of needed to detox myself yeah, that's fair. off of it. Dude, you which, just Which is a shame. Which is a shame because we've said this a million times. Playoff hockey is the best thing in the world. It is. And I can't it's handle too, it. It's too soon. It's too I can't soon. handle it right now. It's the best thing in the world unless your team is in it. Right. <laughs> right. And it's not great at all. But you know what would be great, Bri, is to get used to playoff hockey. Yeah. Like when next year we we expect this team to be back. They're a good young team. They have a great young core. We expect them to be back in the playoffs next year. I feel like we're going to be in better shape next year. You and I watching the playoffs. I hope so. It would be nice because I look at my Ranger fan friends now and they're fine. You know, they they hate that they're down 3-1, but there's no panic. They're not getting crazy every night about every game. They were just in the Stanley Cup, you know, in the finals last year. Like, they're game-tested. They're more battle-tested right now. Yeah, it's true. I'd like to get back to the point where making the playoffs is not a big deal. And what we do in the playoffs is. Yeah, well, I mean, when you look at the teams that we root for, making yeah. the playoffs is a huge deal. It is. It's, it's a rare occurrence. And I'm tired of it. Well, all right. There we go. We're going to have plenty of time to talk about the Islanders and the new arena and what they should do in the off season and uh, ham cappy and Oh, whoa. <laughs> I God can't even say I, I can't even say Capuano's name without coughing and going into fits of, <laughs> of anger and convulsion. Like it, it gives you strep throat. It does. He actually just just saying the name and I have strep. Great. You need antibiotics now. That's it. Get me prednisone stat. It's ridiculous. Um, okay, so let's move on. Let's move to the Mets. Okay. And the Yankees. Yeah, we had big news tonight with the Yankees. We did? Yeah. Are you going to... Is this breaking? Well, it's not really breaking. I mean, it happened a while ago. Yeah, it's been... What do you got? A-Rod, A-Rod hit his 661 home run. Uh, he couldn't do it yesterday, huh? That no, would be great. He, he had to do it um, a day after Willie Mays' birthday. Right, because yesterday is Willie Mays' birthday. Right. On my birthday. Right. Me, me and the Say Hey Kid. I can't believe not a bigger deal is made out of the fact that he was born the same day as you. And nobody talks about it. Willie Mays was born the same day. <laughs> That's right. You weren't born the same day as him. Correct. No, he was born the same day as you. That's right. Hall um, of Famer and one of the greatest baseball players of all time was born on my birthday. And then... Uh, and I and met the- him. I met him too, by the way, Cal. On what at the at the May sixth birthday club? That's correct. Was there a convention? Where'd they have it at the at the at the Javits Center? No, it's a May thing. It's outdoors. Oh, it's outdoors. Yeah, you celebrate the spring. Oh, like Eisenhower Park? Yeah, it's, it's on Long Island at oh, Eisenhower Park. You it's bring a, a basket. It's oh, a bit. It's, it's a box lunch picnic kind of thing. Did you play softball with him? I did. That's great. In the May 6th softball game, yeah. <laughs> Terrific. Who else was there? Well, let's go take a look. Let's see. Oh, you don't remember? I don't. Oh, it was a long time I ago. Don't. I was drunk. Well, um, it was. <laughs> well, you were drinking all the leftover Cinco de Mayo beer. That's, that's it. Right? You, you throw it all 
want to cool it, you head on down to Eisenhower Park. You know who was there? I think we talked last year. On birthday. One Mr. George, Cal- George Clooney. <laughs> Does he talk like that? No. Oh, <laughs> I, don't know. I don't know why I went into <laughs> ridiculous. That was, a, that was a Conan O'Brien. <laughs> <laughs> right. Sounding. Mr. George Clooney. So he was, so he that, was the, that was the Conan nerd voice, inexplicably. <laughs> uh, yeah, that's right. Clooney's on my birthday, too. Totally forgot that. He wow. was there. That's he was at the, he was at the pic- birthday. He played he played left field. He did, right? Yeah. They made Willie play first. I didn't think that was right. No. I mean, I think if you're Willie Mays, you get, you know, your choice. Oh, also, so you could so you could play center field? That's correct. Also, uh <laughs> game show host Tom Bergeron also on hand. Oh, he's he's more than a game show host. He hosts Dancing with the Stars. No, I'm afraid he's just a game show host. Oh. At the May 6th birthday club. Sorry. NBA star Chris Paul. Chris Paul. Oh, CP3? Yeah. He did not part in the uh, softball game. He's not allowed. It's did not his contract. He Correct. Came. Correct. He coached Thursday. And, of course. <laughs> I totally forgot this guy was on my birthday, too. Uh, and, of course, <laughs> the inimitable, the legend of rock and roll music and folk music, Mr. Bob Seeger. He pitched. Obviously. He pitched. I was just about to say he was the pitcher, and I didn't speak to him. Oh, he's, oh wow. I, shunned, I shunned him. Really? Listen, if I'm not going to listen to his music, I'm not going to talk to him at the May 6th baseball game. That's amazing. Softball. That's right. Wow. Yep. Huh. So, so that's quite, that's quite, a, uh, that's quite there's, a, there's, a gathering. There's, there's some more. There's I'm, some more. It's a, cool. it's a, good, it's a good day. I forgot, boy, I forgot about that one, when you when you think about the millions and millions of people that are alive, right? They're, these today, people were born on my birthday. Yeah, they would. I mean, May sixth. There's got to be millions of people born on that one day. That there's a few. Sigmund Freud. Is he still with us? He's not. No. Lo, these seventy years, <laughs> he's been gone. Feels like yesterday. No. Well, oh, that was a slip. Marty Brodeur. Mar- Marty Brodeur. NHL legend Marty Brodeur. Sure. He played catcher, of course. He, he caught. Yeah. Um, uh, <laughs> television actress Lynn Whitfield. Or movie actress, sorry. Movie actress. She's not a television actress. I, I'm not familiar with either the movie or television actress. Nor am I. Lynn Whitfield. I feel like maybe she was on a Law & Order. She's probably a couple. Probably a couple. Right. Um, and, uh, of course... Uh, let's see, uh, Sigmund for Tony Blair, the prime minister of, <laughs> the former prime minister of Great Britain. He was oh. not there. He wasn't he, there. He couldn't make it. He goes to the May 6th. They do the cricket. They don't play the, they don't play the softball game. Did he send a video message at least or no? He did. He did he something did. really okay. nice. And, uh, uh, NFL tight end, Jason Witten. Jason Witten. Not on hand. Wow, so a lot of a lot of no shows. A lot of no shows. He was supposed to bring the potato salad too, which really sucks. What was this last year? This, this is last year, right? Uh, this not yesterday. Two years ago. This was not yesterday. I still have a little color from it. Uh, from if it was a couple from years yet. ago. From a couple years ago. <laughs> it must have been a sunny day. Um. Anyway, so 
I did meet Willie Mays once. I shook his hand at a, uh, a baseball card show. Right. How, what did you say to him? Uh, I didn't say say much. I, you know, I uh, he was walking around, so it wasn't formal. Like he was done signing and everything. <laughs> Were you like following him, trying right. to catch? catch right. <laughs> That's right. No, he was he was walking around this like memorabilia show, and he had finished his signing or whatever. So people were kind of jerky, like still coming up to him, trying to get him to sign stuff. Um, and like we saw him at one point, didn't go up to him. Saw him at another point, and nobody had gone up to him. And and I went up without anything to sign, and I said, uh, "Mr. Mays, I'd just like to shake uh, the hand of one of the greatest baseball players to ever live." Wow. And he said, "Well, that's." That's very nice. He shook my hand. You know, it was it was, it was good. Well, Mickey Mantle is right over there. <laughs> <laughs> He's very self-deprecating, Willie Mays. Yeah, he is. He is. He deflects. He was Char- like that at the uh, at the softball game. He said, Char- "No, you play center. Don't worry about it." Char- who, am, who am I? <laughs> who am I? We're all just born on your birthday. Um. So anyway, uh, back the to Mets? back to the Mets. Um, I, I just have uh, two things here, and and A Rod hits number six sixty one, so they'll yeah, fight well, about that's right. That's, they'll that's they'll how fight about that that six million dollars. Do you think he gets the six million dollars, Cal? Yeah, I think so. I think so too. I don't I, even think it's. We were talking about this the other night. I was out to dinner with the boys, with the you know my dad and and uh, my my cousin Ray, my uncle Anthony, my cousin Michael, my uncle Tom. Oh right. For my birthday. Would you go for Chinese? Yeah, yeah. <laughs> some German. Nice. <laughs> some, some. Yeah. Um, no, to the buffet, nice. Right. No, we went to uh, Cafe <laughs> Trattoria Lucia, of course. Yeah, of course. In Belrose. Sure. Anytime, I've told you this before, anytime I have one of these dinners with uh, with these guys, I'm always waiting for Scorsese to yell cut. <laughs> like, especially once, like, my cousin Ray, you know, starts going off on a story or something like that. He's, he's just so funny. And then my Uncle Tom and my dad, the ex-cop, and it's just, it's magnificent. And um, but they're big Yankee fans. Ray's a big Yankee fan. My great uncle Anthony, big Yankee fan. And they're talking about. They said something that I thought was spot on. You know, it's not about the money, right? And my uncle Anthony, my great uncle Anthony, who's eighty three, who's been watching baseball for you know his whole life, uh, said A Rod seems to be different to him. He says his demeanor seems to be different. He says he seems to be less arrogant. Seems to be. Um, Little more head down, little more humbled. He's making an effort. Yeah, and that uh, my uncle Anthony believes uh, he should get the money. It's not his fault that they gave him that provision in the contract, and right. him him doing steroids has nothing to do with it. I was surprised to hear that opinion out of you know an eighty three or eighty four year old. I would have thought he would have went the other way, hard lined on a rod. Well, it's amazing how. how the sentiment has changed for A-Rod. Is it because they're playing well, though, Cal? Uh, no, because I think at the beginning of the year, fans were cheering for him when they weren't playing yeah, well. Yeah, even even at the beginning, right? Yeah, it's amazing. You know, he's he's sort of he's sort of rehabilitated himself a little bit. Um, I, I think he's always going to have the stigma. So this this smudge is always going to be on 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 A-Rod, but. Right now, that people... just sounds filthy, by the way. <laughs> Smudge is going to yeah. be on A-Rod? Well, I don't know what to tell you. It's that When you think of A-Rod, that's what you're going to think of. Is You're going to think of the fact that he's yeah, cheated. Yeah, no, absolutely. You know, but right now, in the moment, 
fans seem to want to celebrate him. So, great. We got into a really good discussion, too, about um, performance-enhancing drugs and recreational drugs, right, uh, among baseball players. So the conversation, Cal, especially with my Uncle Tom, who took a hard-line stance on they should be treated the same way. Why is somebody who uses a PED suspended for 80 games and a guy who tests positive for Coke is not, you know, uh, or is suspended in a different fashion? Well, there's probably – well, I'm sorry. No, what not did he, what, did, what did he say? No, he his opinion, it's the same thing. See, to me, it's not the same thing because a performance-enhancing drug alters the way you the play game the is game. played. Exactly. And that's – I. I was sort of explaining that line of thinking where it's right in the name, right? So cocaine or Josh Hamilton was the example. Like how many chances does Josh Hamilton get? You know, right. is he Steve Howe? Does he not get suspended at some point for And I said if he got caught buying 18 bags of coke, you know, they'd have to suspend him, right? If he tests positive for a drug like cocaine, but they don't have any proof, like it's not something they can arrest him for, then there's leeway there because it's not in a, a performance-enhancing drug. It's not making him better at baseball. Well, then that's, that's the devil's advocate of this is what if it does? Right. You know? Sure. What if somebody reacts in a way, or it, do, it does affect the way that they play the game, or it gives them an well, edge. Oh, you know, uppers, right? Speed. Yeah, sure. When players are, players are taking speed, like, you wouldn't equate speed necessarily with HGH. But they, there were guys that, you know, greenies and stuff like that, that made their living and played baseball, and the only reason they were able to play baseball at a high level was because they were taking speed before the game. Well, yeah, the, the, you get the famous story of Doc Ellis that pitched a no-hitter while on LSD. Right. Right? Did he pitch the no-hitter because he was on LSD? <laughs> right. I don't know, but... But, but... but so much of that is... Those guys weren't taking... Those greenies in that particular instance are a performance-enhancing drug. They're taking them to play baseball better. You right. know, Josh Hamilton on a Friday night with an eight ball after a game is not making him play baseball better. Right. You know, but... It's, to me, it's different. The suspensions have to be there for performance-enhancing drug or what's deemed a performance-enhancing drug. Um, and I think recreational drugs, um, you know, while against the law, should be a case-by-case basis. Yeah. It's the, it's the breaking the law theory, too. Like the DWI uh, or, you know, why is that not the same suspension, suspendable offense as a PED? And that I could see. You know, that, 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 you know, you'd have more of a leg to stand on. Hey, well, well, we're, it was a great debate. It was really good going no, back and forth. Yeah, it's and fascinating. Then it, and then it led to the asterisk conversation, which was just, you know, put the asterisk next to their names. Like, why is this so hard? Just put them in the Hall of Fame and put the asterisk next to their name and put, and just qualify it as the steroid era. Right. You know, my Uncle Tom's big contention was, and I know you like, not like this argument, Cal, but I, you and I have had this discussion before about Bonds as, uh-huh. opposed to, as opposed to A-Rod. Like, why wasn't Bonds persecuted in the way that A-Rod was? 
That's because he never tested positive while they were testing. Yeah. Because they didn't have the testing in place. So it is different. Why is there a witch hunt for A-Rod? Because he tested positive twice. (laughs) It's not a witch hunt if you do it. Right. You know, I... um, it, it led to a really good conversation, though, about the about the Hall of Fame, too. Hey, let me ask you this while we're here. We we can get to the Mets and the Yanks and stuff in a sec. But while we were away and sort of away from baseball, you know, Max Scherzer brought up the great DH debate. And, um, you know, because I think he, you know, Adam Wainwright got hurt running out of foul, foul ball or something like that and popped yeah, he- the and He's out for the season. He's out for the season. And Scherzer hurt his hand or something like that, you know, running or holding a bat or something. Right. And Max Scherzer basically came out and said, look, it's it's dumb. Like, why don't we have the same rule for both leagues? This is a career American League pitcher now having to bat for the first time. Right. And saying, I think fans would much rather see David Ortiz at the plate than me. You know, why are we still doing this? You know, why don't we have uniform rules in both leagues? Right. What do you think there? I was of two minds. All right. I think I might be too because I think he's right. I think fans would rather see David Ortiz hit than Max Scherzer. Right. I think the majority of people would ra- – if if you polled 100 baseball fans. Strawpole? Strawpole. Okay. 100 baseball fans, top five answers on the board. Here's the question. <laughs> If so, we're going family funerals. Yeah, we're going family feud. But really, there's only two. There's only two answers. Right. If if you had your druthers, would you rather see the DH in both leagues? Yes or no? And I would say, I would I would say conservatively. Please have your buzzer. Please buzzer. Yeah. <laughs> hands, beh- hands behind your back. Seventy-five percent. Seventy-five out of a hundred fans, I think, would rather see the DH. In both leagues. So I think he's got a point as to what the fans want to see. Now, the second part of that is that I'm a traditionalist. I personally, well, I guess there would be three answers. I would like to see the American League ditch the designated hitter and, and have the uniform rule be pitchers hit. Okay. And play a National League style game across the board. Right. That's never going to fly. No, I th- I think I'm in I'm in a severe minority. You are not want that. you are not a job creator in that scenario. No, I'm <laughs> I'm looking to put people out on the street. <laughs> you put a lot of people out of work. No, no. The, the here's the here's the flip side. Expand the rosters. Yeah, but where where is David Ortiz going to play? Um, I mean, you got you got guys now. He's gonna play first base, but it's so in, in, embedded and ingrained that there are guys that are strictly DHs. Yeah, and it's also a rest spot for you know for older players, or you know it's it's a, it's a way to you know keep a guy in the game a little longer. What what? And I want to get your opinion also. But what I've kind of gotten to over the years is I I would prefer the National League style. Um, if it if it were up to me, I would I would make everybody have the pitchers hit, um, but that's not going to happen. So I would rather just keep it the way that it is. Okay. But I'm not going to flip out if they add the designated hitter to the National League, which in year like 
up until a few years ago, I would have been like vehemently against, and I've sort of softened on that a little bit. Don't want to see it, but would accept it. Do you think at some point they're going to have to? Probably. Because offense is so down. Probably. Yeah. Especially if pitchers keep getting hurt. Yeah. Well, it's enough with the Tommy John, you know, sort of epidemic. Yeah. Um, What do you think? It's, boy, I thought, as I said, I'm up too much. I kind of thought Scherzer sounded a little whiny and a little bitchy. Yeah. You know, like, dude, you know, sack up. You just got paid $200 million. You got to take three turns at bat. Are you going to be okay? Are you an athlete or are you a, you know, a freaking baseball player? Come on. Like, it sounded a little just whiny. Right. Other mind is, he's right. Yeah, right? <laughs> you no, know, he's right. He's right. You'd rather see a player hitting in that spot than a pitcher. But I, I'm I'm somewhat of a traditionalist, Bri. It doesn't bother me that there are two sets of rules. I watch National League Baseball. I've been watching National League Baseball my whole life. It's, there's nothing unusual about it, about a pitcher hitting. No. Like when I watch an American League game I'm, or, or an interleague game when the Mets are playing in, a, in an American League park, I'm like, oh, it's the DH. You know, I've kind of gotten used to it, but it's, it's, it is a different game. It's a much different game. Yeah. That said, could I live without double switches? Yeah, probably. I'll be all right. Yeah, I kind of like the strategy, though. I do, I do too. You know what would be interesting is you could have, <laughs> you could have a DH, but he has to hit ninth. <laughs> you make him hit ninth. Right. That's it. You, you can, you, the NL gets the DH, but he has to hit in the nine hole. It would what? change. It would change the kind of player that you would have as a DH. What about? I mean. A radical idea would be to go to a 10-man lineup. So have a DH, but also have the pitcher hit. Oh, that's just insane. Like softball. Right. Now you're changing 120 yeah. years of, of yeah, baseball. It's crazy, but I, I don't think know. They're, I think they're going to go to the DH eventually. Yeah, I think so too. And and I, I get the feeling that this Manfred character wants to make, uh, some, make a mark on, on the yeah. sport, you know? Johnny Ban shifts. Ban the shift. It's no good for baseball. Yeah, because they've only been doing it for 100 years. Right. Please. This guy. Whatever we do, let's not advance the game. No. Let's let's reinvent it. Yeah. Hey, you know whose opinion I would love to get on this? PJ McCarver? <laughs> I'd oh. love to get, we get him. Is he available? I thought, I thought maybe the consortium was available. <laughs> McCarver, Valentine. McCarver, Valentine, and LaRussa. LaRussa. You know they're in a cabin somewhere. They have, they're in the same... <laughs> They're, they're next door always, to the hunt. They're always <laughs> Murph uh, Palmer. They're by Murph Palmer, old Murph Palmer's cabin. Yeah, next door. To they're the, reinventing baseball at yeah, all times. Yeah, but their their cabin is very high up in the in the mountains. Should Riggs and Murtaugh stop by there first and ask about the DH? <laughs> Listen, we're gonna go over to Murph Palmer's in a couple of minutes because we got the general salami murders to to solve. But while we're here. What are you guys, what are we doing about the DH? Riggs, Riggs. DH, DH. I'm too old for the DH. Uh, PJ, come back in here for a second. I, I, I want to get your opinion on um, on this. I, w- I want to get what you think. 
I know you're you're a casual baseball fan. I know you've watched your fair share of baseball uh, in your day, but this has become a pretty popular topic again uh, in major leagues because one of the National League pitchers has said that it's you know it's kind of dopey that we still have a DH. Uh, what do you think? What do you vote? My this answer is dumb. So <laughs> I apologize Thank in advance. Thank you for prefacing it. There's no reason to say that. Yeah. Uh, we'll be I'm the judge. Watching that. the Evander Holyfield Riddick Bow fight, by the way. What is this? What talking. you is this? What you do? We're talking about sports. I have it on. on it's on mute. Yeah, it's, it's you're, you're watching old fights. Fight. Who are you? My uncle Maury. <laughs> Who are you? I like to keep the old fights on tape on a shelf. I take them now, down. Now he was a bomber. I'm with him, by the way. I love old boxing. Do you really? Yeah, love it. Thank no you. No interest. Mm-hmm. Yeah, I mean, I like the DH, and I like the DH because there's always been a DH when, and I remember a DH. That's it. I have no other opinion on it. That didn't make sense. <laughs> can you can you say that again? He did say it tradition. was a stupid answer. Tradition. Okay, Tavia. The tradition Thanks. of it. That's Appreciate all. I say, it. don't tamper. Don't tamper or tinker. Don't don't t- well, please don't tinker. Don't tinker Taylor Soldier Spy. Don't grant tinker. Um you do realize that the the pitcher hitting is actually the traditional method of baseball being played. Yes. And the DH didn't come into effect until what, nineteen seventy three? Yeah, seventy two, seventy three. There was already a solid hundred years was of when I started played. watching baseball. That's true. You were seventy two, seventy three. Yeah, he was. He was two years old. Big fan. Um, I but I I'm I'm teasing Peach, but I I get your answer. You've watched American yeah. League baseball your whole life, and there's always been a DH. That's right. So why not have a DH in the other league too? It just feels right to me. I can't explain it, and I can't justify it. So it's a Toyota. It just feels right. Was that a Toyota? Wait, is that their catchphrase? It was. Wasn't it? That Maxwell House? Just... Wait a minute. So, so my... <laughs> Levi's? Oh, what a feeling? Wait, what am I? Oh, what a feeling is a Toyota. Yeah, but it just feels right as Mazda. It just fruit of the right. loom? <laughs> the fruit of the loom murders. <laughs> Never going to be said on a procedural and go <laughs> the deflate gate murders <laughs> now there that might actually get said ripped from the headlines right a ball boy is killed and <laughs> it's a mystery <laughs> nobody nobody was killed there's no headline here he wasn't killed <laughs> are you sure from, no he can't rip that from the headline and tom brady's the main suspect <laughs> Peach, what do you make of Deflategate while we have you here, casual sports fan? What do you think of the fact that Tom Brady probably, uh, probably, probably knew what was going on? I love Ted Wells' report. It's like, eh, pretty much. Like, that's all it says. It's like a picture of Ted Wells shrugging, right? (laughs) You know, and uh, like a rabbi sort of like looking like, eh, pretty much. What are you going to do? He did it. 
This does not further tarnish my opinion of Tom Brady. Is it the Uggs? Do they? <laughs> no. No. Wow. Sorry. No, I forgot you wear Uggs all the time. Well, he's he's a casual sports fan. That's right. He's <laughs> wearing is, casual yeah. Uggs. Right. I'm a casual sports fan. This is just a roll your eyes. Oh, you people, stop being so serious. Everyone, move on. Interesting. Well, then. Hmm. Come on. We have... My friend Gary just posted something about how he hopes this keeps him and Belichick out of the hall. I was like, are you kidding? Are you not taking this a wee bit too seriously? He might be. This uh, should stop not. them going to the Hall of Fame. If this yeah. doesn't, nothing will. I would think more the taping of the Rams' practices the week before the Super Bowl would be something that directly helped them win a Super Bowl. I think that would be more to keep them out Did of the Hall Did you ever fame. go to uh, com? No. <laughs> that is awesome. Is that a thing? YourTeamCheats.com has every NFL team and, and how all they of cheat. their infractions. Yeah. Right. And you know who's got the highest score? If you say the Jets, I'm going to ask you to leave. <laughs> the New York Jets. No you're going to have to leave. Has the highest aggregate score in terms in of... In what? I, look, you just got to go and click on it. It's a funny site. He's Why right. Do, He's it, right, it, by the way. It keeps everybody... No, you're not right. It you're, keeps everybody level-headed. You're wrong. It's the Pittsburgh Steelers. Thank you. They cheat the most. Oh, they, I'm sorry. You just sorry. you let Bishop insightful. Look, <laughs> Bishop dramatic. The insider. The insider. The insider. I think, I think we have one. We're, of those. we're gonna have a lot of problems with that title. The Insider with Pat O'Brien, followed no, by no, The Insider. Damn it, it's a T. <laughs> oh, yeah, the Steelers got 46. The Jets only had 39. Yeah, that's right. Middle of the pack for cheating. So, Well, they're second. No, che- not middle of the pack. <laughs> well, they're second. How is this <laughs> running, running a close second. They're, they're in the they, middle of the top three pack. How could they? Che- how could they possibly cheat more than the Patriots? How is that possible? It's just a fun read to see yeah, all the shenanigans that have gone on. Now in the I'm past taking it. Re- it really is because what what do we <laughs> what do we always say about controversy and what drives us crazy when they label a controversy? Gate. Yeah. So they have Tampergate, Tampergate, Injury Gate, Deflategate, Deflategate nineteen ninety two. What's the Blake Gate? Ex-Jet and retired Pro Bowl quarterback Jeff Blake confessed in an interview that removing air from footballs was common when he played in the NFL from 1992 to 2005. He played for the Bengals. I'm just going to let the cat out of the bag. Every team does it. Every game. It has been since I played. How does he count for the Jets? He played for the Bengals. Blake says he played for the Jets for like ten minutes. Blake says that he'd order ball boys to let air out of his footballs just before the start of games during his entire NFL career, which included time with the Jets in 1992. Uh, Nonsense. He was a starter with the Bengals. He was never a starter with the Jets. So I don't know who he was ordering around. 
when he was the third Your string quarterback. Your team cheats. Is he on the Bengals there list, is. too? Well, obviously not well enough, because they haven't won a Super Bowl in 47 years. Well, then you got to go to cheattowin.com, which is a totally different... <laughs> Stop it. That's a self-help site. <laughs> if the Patriots aren't the highest ranked there, I quit. I'm going. I absolutely quit. That's a porn site, Cal. Be careful. Oh. <laughs> No, it's not. Cheat2win.com uh, is not. Yes, PJ just made that up. He's being facetious. <laughs> it's, av- it's available for purchase, though. The domain is available. You can get it, PJ. There you go. If you want to go squat. Yeah, if well, I was my... doing the research, I'd look up the cheat-to-win file. I... <laughs> Listen, Murph, you've been out of the game a while. You've been out of the game a while. Maybe they didn't tell you. The Steelers are the big cheaters. The Steelers? What the hell do the Steelers do? Your team cheats. Yeah, they do. Team cheats, sit down. And, and not well. <laughs> they should get Lewis Black to just, like, point a finger at you. Right. <laughs> Your team cheats, and not well. All right, let's finish up the, uh, the sports. We'll be back to you in a moment, PJ. Thank you for uh, completely destroying the Jets' reputation. Good job, everybody. Uh, PJ votes <laughs> DH. Because it's always been there, and the Jets are cheaters. This is <laughs> he really contributed a lot. He really, really gave it his short time with us. <laughs> That's what he does. He comes in, he drops the bomb, and he leaves. That's it. Drops the mic. Just this is out. why we don't let him talk about sports. Because he makes sports every thing. he makes everybody upset, and then he walks out of the room. He's wearing his UGG, I his only jacket, and he saunters stupid. right out of the room. I said it was Stupid. Right out of the gate, I said stupid. <laughs> I know. Go back to watching uh, Jerry Cooney fight Jerry Holmes. I don't... <laughs> <laughs> Where did I go there? Wait, Jerry Cooney fought... Larry Holmes? Larry Holmes. Jerry Holmes is not... He fought, he fought <laughs> Jerry Holmes, but just not on tape. <laughs> That's right. That was at um, O'Kay's. I didn't want to. Probably when Jerry Cooney was bouncing post uh, boxing career. Laid him out with one punch. Jerry Cooney. Remember Jerry Cooney? What? Jerry Cooney was like a huge deal. Oh my gosh. The Great White Hope. And... Yeah. Oh my goodness. Fought Larry Holmes in 1982. My father went to watch the fight on closed circuit TV in Regal Park. Closed circuit TV. Closed circuit TV before pay per view. Yep. That was like a big deal, and you had to go. It was like going to like an OTB to like watch the fight. Yeah. Oh my goodness. Jerry Cooney. Didn't he get his uh, his ass handed to him in that fight? No, he went thirteen rounds with Larry Holmes. Oh, he did. Was, who did he? Who did he? Was it Spinks that he got destroyed? Yeah, he wound up getting destroyed by somebody. I think it was Spinks. Yeah. Michael. He went thirteen rounds with Larry Holmes. Yeah. How many rounds did he go with Jerry Holmes? With Jerry Holmes, one punch. <laughs> one punch. <laughs> Two hits. Him hitting Jerry, Jerry hitting the floor. Dude, um, watch your beer. Uh, real quick with the Mets. Um, real quick. It's a good problem to have, right? Uh, what's what's that? Okay, we're done. What's okay? What are they gonna do with all this money? What you gonna do? What are they gonna do? What do you do with all this money? They we're got talking all about money. We're talking about Plawicki. We're talking about Travis Darno. We're talking embarrassment about of David, riches. It, it, let's not get crazy. We're talking about David Wright. We're talking about Daniel Murphy. 
What do you do, Hotshot? Pop quiz, Hotshot. You have two young catchers. They're both really good. You've fallen in love with one of them. I have. I know. You're, 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 well, you're no, no, bonkers no. over Plowicki. Uh, yeah, no, the problem is I'm in love with both of them. That's the real issue here. I know. <laughs> this is uh, torn between two catchers. Feeling, feeling like a fool. Catch 22. It's a catch 22. That's the movie. <laughs> this summer, one man must choose between two catchers. I feel good. I'm walking on sunshine. Brian Calvey is Catch-22. Uh, I love it. What do you do? What do you do? It's 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 really very simple. I think everybody's overthinking it. What so does this team need right now? They're 18 and 10. They need nothing. They're in first place. Let's, come on, stop. They, they, they've they played 28 Cruising. games. We had them at tw- 27 games. You said they would be 10 and 17. Did I say that? Yes. I don't remember. It's on tape. 10 and 17? That seems harsh. I said they would be like 13 and 14. I said they would be hovering around four, uh, 500. 400? <laughs> Not so much. You 13 said, and 14? You said 10 and 17. They are 18 and 10 after 28 games. So clearly I was off a little bit. What do they need? What have they shown? And what uh, can they do? Do they move? Murphy, do they move Syndergaard? Do they move Mats? Do they need a bat? Do they need a shortstop? Do they? What do they need? They need a bat. They okay. Need more, they need more consistent hitting out of their lineup. I don't think they do anything right now on May 6th, May 7th. So when Wright comes back, Murphy goes back to second, Dilson yeah. Herrera goes back to the minor leagues? I think so. He has options, right? He can still go back? He could go back. He could, he's got a lot of – he could do whatever he wants. He's got plenty of options. Okay. He could not report. He could tell them to go scratch their ass. He's got a lot of he's got a lot of options. He could go to the movies. He could go. To, he could go, he could go right. Could go. Uh, Avengers is playing. Ride bumper cars. He's sure. got a lot. A lot of things he could go do. Go down to Coney Island, nice. Yeah, go ride the cyclone. Go ride the new and improved cyclone. Right. Um, and then when Travis Darno comes back, what do you do with Kevin Plowicki? He's got to go back. Gotta gotta take him back. He's like a he's like a limousine when yeah. when roast beef gets a uh, gets a Cadillac. That's right. That's it. Johnny roast beef gets a Cadillac. Gotta go back. What I say? I said nothing big. Take it back. Look, Steve. It's May the seventh. The season is five weeks old. I just go. You're eighteen and ten. Go go with what you've got. But know that you've got these resources available to you to either improve your team by bringing them up and making trades, or trading them to improve your team. How do you think it plays out? Is, uh, let me add that better. July 1, is Murphy still a Met? July 1? Let's say they're right where they are right now. They're seven yeah, or eight yeah, games no, above I'm, 500. You, you don't know. have to clarify. I'm just No, saying. I'm saying if they've tanked, it's different. I'm no, saying they're they're seven or eight games above 500. They're playing pretty well. You know, they're right there. Are they in first place? No, but they're probably close to it, and they're probably at the you know right around the top of the wild card. So yeah, July one, eight games over, one game, two games back, maybe the Nats, and uh, and right there for the wild card. I think they trade them, especially if Herrera keeps hitting. Yeah, 
right? If Herrera goes back down and continues to hit 400. Yeah. Okay. Now, but uh, on the on the same hand. <laughs> what? <laughs> right? On the well, same token. Well said. I'm if, burgundy. <laughs> let's say um, Herrera goes in the tank. Because instead of reporting to Las Vegas, he went to the movies. Right. <laughs> he had options. He had options. And uh, and Matt Reynolds is tearing it up. Okay. I could see them bringing Matt Reynolds up and trading Murphy. I think I think they want to trade Murphy before the end of the season. You think they? You think you can't? That's. I think that's the intention. But you can't see them bringing Reynolds up to play shortstop in that scenario. Um. Hmm, that's a good point. I mean, Flores has, has shown with the bat that he can hit. Look, he, he can hit. But how much of a liability can he be in the field? Yeah, I think Reynolds I think Reynolds is the alternative to Flores should they decide to make a change. I don't think they're going to go I don't think they're going to go out and get a shortstop. I don't think so either. I think that if if they find that Flores is not cutting it, they're going to bring Reynolds up and give Reynolds a shot. Right. I think. I don't know. Um, here's here's my question to you. What do you do about with these two stud pitchers in you AAA just, you, who are just who are putting up ridiculous numbers in a in a in a a, a hitting friendly league? More than hitting friendly. I mean, it's yeah, I, the, the, the PCL hitting inappropriate. Yeah, <laughs> right. Put some pants on that hitting. I, my gosh, there's kids out here. Um, I I don't know. What do they do? Because you've got five pitchers at the major league level that are getting it done. That are pitching well, yeah. They're still doing it. They're still doing it. <laughs> at the major league level. Still doing it. Like our buddy Dan Antonell. Still doing it. He, that guy is still doing it. He's still it. doing it. Um, what do they do? I don't know. What do you do? I mean, it's, I mean, it's these, fascinating. These, these two guys were trade commodities before they started doing this. Right. And I don't think Matt's is going anywhere. Um, probably not. I I still maintain that Matt is tied directly to Nice. Right, but Matt's like a three-legged race. <laughs> I think it's, it's really a miracle he's pitching that well. It's crazy. No, but it, I. <laughs> it's really a credit to him that he's pitching this well, being tied to another human being. Separated by like an entire country. Yes. Um, um I I think I think. That as long as Nice is here, Matt's will not be here. Matt's has had the surgery. I can't emphasize this enough. Matt and Syndergaard has not. And Syndergaard has not. That's that, why, to me, Matt's is not the is not tradable. He's the guy you hold on to. He's already had the Tommy John surgery. I gotta be honest with you. I don't think they're trading either one of them. He I lie think, to me. He loves it. No, I'm not gonna lie to you. I'm gonna be honest. Can I be honest with you? No. Lie to him. He likes it. I think they're going to... I think if they trade anybody, they're going to trade from the major league team and promote these guys. And I don't so think, it'll be like a Murphy G for uh, $10 and a... Yeah, two, and a two tickets to Adventure. Bag of eggs. Yeah. Bag of eggs. <laughs> like not even in the carton. They just put them in a plastic bag. They're all broken. Well, of course they're broken. It's a bag of eggs. And it's Dylan G. What do you expect? You got Dylan G. and Daniel Murphy. Have fun. No, I, I what I what I see. You want you ask me how it's going to play out? Yes. You want me to tell you how I think it's going to play out? No. Okay. No, I do. I, I okay. Do. Well, 
I thought you might. I was just kidding. I totally do. That was a good one. Thanks. <laughs> wasn't, good. Sure, wasn't sure where to go with that. <laughs> good one, buddy. Really, a material. Good job. <laughs> I think th- I think they're going to trade Murphy. I think they're going to trade either G or Nice. Right. I think there's a possibility they could trade Cologne. Ooh. I think. I w- yeah, I, I'm, I'm feeling like Cologne goes nowhere now because he's the savvy veteran. Yeah, maybe. The guys on that staff kind of love him. He's got a professionalism that he's maybe teaching some of the younger guys. But um, if you could... If you and could, he's battle-tested. He's pennant, you know, he's pennant-chase-tested. and Yeah. No, I get that, but I... Mean, I you don't want to go into a pennant race with, you know, guys like Harvey... You know, Harvey DeGrom and, let's say, Syndergaard up as, like, your three main guys. You know, right. and, and Nice and G or whatever who've never been through it. But on the same token, you you could get so much more in a trade for Cologne than you ever thought you could. Right. He's going to be gone next year. He's gone. Right? He's gone. Could, and you could really add a couple of chips back to the to the minor leagues. Yeah, and just keep feeding that pipeline, and I think that that's the plan. I don't, th- I don't see them making any trades to bring in a major league player to improve the club. I see them making trades by getting veterans out, right. replenishing the minor leagues, and pushing the guys like Herrera, Ploiecki up into right. the big club. I think that that's how it's going to work. They're going to keep the two catchers, though. I think they're going to. So do I. Because I think, that, like I told you, Darno gets hurt a lot, and it's and it's weird because you defend this all the time, and he's he's not injury prone. He's in, not in the sense of he's unlucky. He's unlucky. That's what he is. But the fact remains, he's unlucky, and he gets yeah. hurt a lot. You got you got to protect against that by keeping Ploiecki around. I yeah, think. and also Ploiecki is a kid you drafted. I mean, it's it's a kid you 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 handpicked. They drafted him in the first round. Like he's 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 a or a second round. Would they trade him? You think? Would they trade Darno? I mean, I I think if of those two guys, they would trade Darno. I do, which is a shame too, because he's coming into his own. Like he was he, as a leader on the team too. Like you could tell the guys like him. He's on the bench every game. Yeah. He's been on the bench every game with his. I don't think you know, they're going to though. Broke his hand. I don't think they're going to either. But if you were trading one of them, I think they would trade Darno. I don't think they're as maybe emotionally tied to Darno as they are to Pulecki. Maybe not. But but uh, you got to remember that was one of Sandy Alderson's big trades. It was, but it was a trade. But it, it was wasn't a, a draft. You know how those guys feel about their draft picks. They're very protective. Give me this is an interesting weekend coming up. Just to close up on the Mets uh, with the Phillies coming in because the Phillies are or going to Philly. The Phillies are dreadful. Um, there's no excuse for the Mets not to sweep. I mean, there really isn't. You need to. You and if you don't get two out of three, I don't want to talk to you next week. I don't. You know, these are the games that you. We talked about it before the season. We talked about it in you know February. These are the games that you need to... If you're going to improve 10 games, 10 to 12 games, they won 79 games last year, they need to improve 10 to 12 games. you got to beat teams like the Phillies. you gotta, you just got to beat the snot out of them. you got to fatten up on those teams. Yeah, you're right. That's what the Yankees did for years. I'm not comparing the Mets and the Yankees. I'm just saying the Yankees made the playoffs for you know 17 of 18 years because they beat the crap out of crummy teams. 
They fattened up on Tampa when Tampa was terrible. They fattened up on the Orioles when the Orioles were terrible. They fattened up on teams in their division that stunk. Yeah, look what Washington did. They fattened up on the Mets last they year. They fattened up on the Mets last year. They won, you know, 15 out of 18 or whatever it was. Yeah. You got to you got to win those games. If you're going to have me believe that you're going to make a 10 game improvement, got to get you got to sweep this weekend. At least 2 out of 3. Yeah, at I think, least. I take 2 out of 3. I I'm not I'm not going to uh, be throwing things if they don't sweep. Okay. But 2 out of 3. But at least 2 out of 3. And then they go to Chicago, and that's going to be an interesting series. That's a great series. Right? I can't wait to see Madden manage. I would pay to see that guy manage. Yeah, well, we could have. Yeah. No, no, we couldn't. No. Because our ownership ownership is uh, cheap and clueless. Hey, one last thing on the – I got one thing on the draft. Yes. You'll love this. I get a text on Sunday morning early, right, from my father-in-law. From Texas. Completely unsolicited. Haven't had a text from him. Last text I got from him was right before the season started, baseball season. I don't know. It was like 1030 at night on like a Tuesday. Mets are looking pretty good. I think they're going to be good this year. What do you think of my Astros? Out of nowhere. Unsolicited? Out of nowhere? Well, his Astros look pretty good. Now they do. Yeah. That's the reason I picked up Korea in all my leagues. It was after that conversation. Chick Korea? Chick Korea. That's right, the drummer. <laughs> I then I then picked up Cozy Cole. Of course. Um No, that's the reason I had this great text. We were going back and forth about the Mets and the pitching and then the Astros and the hitting and the and the Korea kid and he said to me, he said, You gotta go get this kid. So go he's like, You play the fantasy still, right? I said, Yeah. He said, Go get him. Go lock him up. He's gonna be huge. So I did. The next day in both my leagues, I picked him up. That worked out well. So that was the last text I had gotten from him. Okay. That was, again, probably a good four weeks ago. Yeah. His season had just started. And then I get the Sunday morning. I'm at hockey with Wes. You now I'm watching Wes play hockey or whatever at his hockey class. Text message from father-in-law. You're going to love Petty. Big arm, great kid. He'll be your quarterback in a year. Out of nowhere. Wow. The Bryce Petty sign sign off. The endorsement. The endorsement. From my father-in-law in Texas who watches a lot of college football. A lot. So he'd be familiar with And them. he's not a UT fan because he went to Texas Tech. Right. So he's a Texas Tech guy. Loved Mike Leach. I mean, emotional with Mike Leach. <laughs> you know, and what's his name? Uh, uh, Craig's son is not his favorite person in the world. <laughs> For getting him kicked out of Texas Tech. Yeah. Um, but and so he he watches you know Baylor games. He's watched probably every game Bryce Petty's played, and uh, got the endorsement. That's encouraging. Yep. You're going to love Petty. That's the quote. Hmm. You're going to love him. He knows his son-in-law is a Jet fan. He knows what he's thinking. Right. So they, I wanted to pass that along. We got the... Uh, That's good. We got the thumbs up. I feel good about that. I love that pick. I know you love him. You loved him before the draft. I did there, though, in that spot. Yeah, no. I mean, if they had reached for him, even in the third round. No, I wouldn't. I didn't want him in the third round. No. Fourth round. 
Really, a four, a third round to me on him is a waste. Yeah, fourth round is it's it's such it's such a low risk. It pick really is that it that it's a no brainer. And it and it and to get him as a developmental quarterback with time to develop, he's not going to come in and play right away. Somebody on FAN after McCagnan was on. Did you hear McCagnan at all? I didn't get to hear oh, him. Oh, he no. was great. He's bro. great, right? And Francesca likes him too, right? Forty-two minutes he had him on. Wow. I mean, back in, and he pays Francesca respect all the time. Well, and he, that's and he eats it up. You know this, Mike. You've been in war rooms. He treats him like a coach. He does. Perfect. He talks to him like he's a coach. And and it's, and, and it's, Francesca's just oh, it's so delicious. I can't McCagnan. I can't. And it's and it's perfect. Because it shows such an awareness on the part of McCagnan yep. that he knows what an influential uh, opinion shaper yep. in New York, Francesa, is. Yep. And he did his homework, and he knows just how to talk to him. Yep. 42 minutes, Cal. That's amazing. I mean, they went over everything. Everything. And McCagnan was great. So somebody, So then he starts taking jet calls. And this one jet caller calls up, you know, it's so great to, since the last guy was such an idiot to hear this guy come on and he knows what he's talking about and he knows, you know, I love everything he's doing. I tell you, this petty kid, you know, this petty kid should get a chance, Mike. You know, he's a big kid with a big arm and, uh, you know, uh, he can read defenses and, uh, you know, I think that, that Todd Bowles is going to give him a chance. You know, I think by week one, he could be the starter. He should be the starter. Because we've seen Geno Smith is garbage. Right? So I'm like, okay, wrong. Could not be more wrong. Like, that's the worst scouting report of Bryce Petty in the history of scouting reports. Here's the one thing Bryce Petty can't do. Read defenses. You know why? He's never had to. Ever. In a game. In all his years playing in Baylor, he has never had to read a defense. Every time he took a snap, he knew where he was throwing the football. Didn't matter if they had 37 guys. They were playing a cover two. They were playing a single man. They were playing a cover high. He doesn't even know what any of those mean. He would get a play in, and it would be throw to the tight end. If the tight end is covered, don't throw to anybody. Run. Right. So that's the one thing he absolutely cannot do if there is a knock on Bryce Petty it's that he can't read a defense because he's never had to that's A and B there's no chance Todd Bowles is starting him week one no chance there's no chance no. Unless, unless unless Ryan Fitzpatrick Geno Smith Matt Sims uh, and you know uh, Matt Flynn who they bring in when everybody else gets hurt and then they all get hurt and then Jeremy Curley gets hurt as the emergency quarterback, then Bryce Petty's playing week one. Maybe. Maybe. <laughs> Maybe. Pat Ryan, Richard Todd, right. Ken O'Brien, all unavailable. Yeah. And Vinny from Elmont is on a recliner in Florida. Then maybe Bryce Petty plays. No, there's, there's, there's no reason for it. Joe Cap, uh, you know, from Turn on the Jets, uh, look, we love him. But they were getting all upset about the, you know, the free Petty hashtags and all of a sudden Jet fans are going to be calling. Who cares? Who cares? All I care about is that the coaches don't play him and that the coaches develop him and that the coaches are smart. Jet fans, all fans, are always going to ask for the backup quarterback. He's always the most popular guy in town. Give Jet fans a little credit. They are savvy enough to know that this guy is a develop. Most are. 
you know, most fans our age who do a lot of draft stuff and, you know, look at the draft and read about it, they know. I don't expect the 60-year-old Jeff fan to know this. If, but, Pet, if Petty's the most popular guy on the team, where does it leave Fitzpatrick? Yeah, not popular. No. Not popular. And but, yet, you know what? Could be absolutely very serviceable. For this team, with this defense, could be completely serviceable. I forgot who said it. Somebody tweeted it, and I apologize. Robespierre. I don't think it was him. Or her. Um, and I feel bad, because I'm not going to give this person the proper credit. But Voltaire? It wasn't him. I'll have eggs in the age of enlightenment. My favorite line from Swingers. Tremendously underrated line. <laughs> It says eggs anytime. I'll take I'll take an omelet in the age of enlightenment. Whoever it was said that um everything that they've done this offseason, all of the moves that they made, the way that they've drafted, everything that they've done has been with the intention of trying to help Geno Smith. G- oh, it was uh Dalvin. It was Dalvin? Okay. Yeah. Yeah. Oh, thank you for giving him the credit. From uh, from Turn on the Jets. Yeah, it was DA. Yeah, cuz it was it was a it was spot on. <clears throat> He's right. Everything that they've done is has been to try to get Geno Smith to succeed. Yeah, he had a series of tweets, and I totally agreed with them. It was, you know, uh, which inaccurate on the intermediate passes. Get a guy with a great catch radius, and Brandon Marshall throw a great deep ball. Get a guy who adjusts great and is a deep threat and is a home run hitter. And Devin Smith, you know, right. a, 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 you know, Stephen Ridley. Get a third down back who can block and catch passes out of the backfield. Like yep. everything that they've done. Yep. Which is which is. Such a departure from the way that they've operated in the last few years. They have few years, they, last seven years. Right. They have set up their quarterbacks to fail. They went through two quarterbacks who they you know ruined one and were in the process of ruining the other. Right. And now they're they're setting him to bring in bring in an offensive coordinator that can tailor an offense to his strengths. Right. Rather than try to fit him into a scheme that he might not be comfortable with. Yeah. Yeah. It's. It's this is, look. It's want, exciting. It is. It is. The Jets' offseason has been exciting, and also they left that draft. I could not have been more impressed with yeah, Mike McCagnan. You know what? Exciting, but not flashy. Not flashy. Not like make a big splash and bring in all of these names and get everybody excited for their team. Nope. Everything they, they everything that they did was done smartly, methodical, business like. Yep. Um, and. Professional. Professional. It's a professional organization. Yeah, that's that's a great word. They're not winning the off season because they brought in Brett Favre. Right. You know, if they're winning this off season, it's because the moves they have made are smart, prudent, and uh, and were fast and were you know swift. Yeah, you know, getting Revis as soon as he became available. You know, uh, uh, Cromartie being so active in free agency early on, like they're swift, decisive. And, yep, decisive. That's the word. Thank you. Um, it's exciting. I'm I'm very excited for the Jets. I am. I don't think they're. You know, I don't know what kind of team they're going to be because obviously it depends a ton on the quarterback. But if they keep Mo Wilkerson, Cal, holy that, cow, that defense. Yeah, and and you know that's that's the only thing that I guess I'm a little uneasy about is the situation with Mo that they haven't settled it. Not that they have to, 
they they don't have to settle it this year. It's fine. Yeah. But I feel like it's just kind of hanging out there. But don't you kind of trust them on it though more? I trust now that, that you did like a week ago. Yeah, I trust them. I I just don't want to. I would hate to see him go. Yeah, but I mean the way they ran the draft, uh, you know, gives me so much more confidence in them handling it correctly. Yeah, I agree for sure. You know, you gotta feel good about if you're a Jet fan, you gotta feel really good about the hands that and Todd Bowles has been quiet and just yep. you know hard work. And McCagnan said it today. He's like, I'm so impressed with how the players are working at the facility for him. Right. You know, it's quiet, it's confidence, it's let's go. You know, the, the, and you hate to compare it to Rex Ryan, but Rex Ryan, was out, Rex Ryan was out doing interviews and running his mouth and showing up at MMA fights and all yeah. of that. And you don't hear a word from Todd Bowles, which gives the perception to me then is that he's not saying a word because he's busy working. He's a serious man. He's busy working right this now. This is he's a serious a... football coach. Yeah. And that's what I want. I've had enough of the chicanery and the tomfoolery. Enough okay. now. It's so nice. We said it last week. It's so nice to not have to defend him. It really is. Yeah. It's enough. All right, we good? Um, Did you have anything that you were uh, itching to get at? No, I've I, I've got a quick met thing, but it's more fun loady, so I'm gonna Ooh. save it. Are we gonna do it in the fun load? Yeah, we're gonna we're gonna kick it off in the fun load. It's gonna be quick, but Oh beautiful. Well then I'll play the fun load music. Alright, that's the end of the uh the sports portion of the show. Go to www.rtusports.com or go to Blog Talk Radio or go to iTunes. That's the best bet, Cal. Really? iTunes is very easy. Subscribe. Go to iTunes, subscribe to the podcast you get it every week. You don't have to do anything. You don't have to do a thing. You have to lift a finger. One one time. You lift your finger to subscribe. That's one time. And that's it. We're not asking much. It was one time, and I was in college, and I was curious, and I'm subscribed to the podcast. So there you go. All right. Did that feel a little bit like a confession? A little bit. I, I was wondering why you shut the door on the window. <laughs> Strange, but... <laughs> Well, uh, we'll see you next week for the sports. So goodbye, everybody. Good night.